Hello, darkness, my old friend. Set up for DC United, and that's put harmlessly over the bar. Drills that, deflected off a foot and in by Hamid. The impact have the early lead. That is all. DC United out of the tournament. Hey Ben, do you, do you think that you have your team's identity set and are, are you happy or content with no. that aspect of it? You mentioned no. needing. No. Uh, could you expand on that a little bit? Is it more than just new faces maybe? Is there something deeper that, that you wanted to change? No. <sighs> Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, RFK Refugees podcast. Yes, John, I went there. That oh, might have been it. cliche. That might have been cliche, but DC's pretty cliche these days. So, how you doing, hey, John? I hope you I hope you had a, a good. We, we 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 both took a break, which may be a good thing or a bad thing. I'm not sure which at thing. this point. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. You took yep. a break from soccer, apparently, from from what I, I gathered. I'm I've retired. I put my jersey in the rafters. <laughs> it's over now. And you're still I'm here. Doing a podcast about it, but yeah, I'm gonna watch it. Uh in case you couldn't tell from that um, wonderfully upbeat intro, DC United eliminated from the MLS's back tournament. Two draws, one loss, a pretty, pretty disappointing loss um, to the Montreal Impact to eliminate them from the tournament. Montreal would go on to advance. Uh, I think they lost their first game. I think they played Orlando and lost, I want to I wanna go ahead and say. Oops, yes. As there is audio coming in, and there shouldn't be. So that's oh, it's good. Point. I like when it's like a surprise. It's like a surprise. Yes, Montreal... Yes, that's what happened. Yes, um, they suck. Yeah. Oh, all right. Uh, let's uh, let's 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 dissect. Let's let's unearth this corpse, this this this, this dead and, and rotting corpse that is DC United in this tournament. Let's Gross. fully fully do a complete autopsy of just what the what what we just witnessed in this tournament. And and I, I've got some I've got some fiery I guess some semi fiery takes. Might have been a little bit better. Uh, post game, but that game finished at midnight. No one was gonna, no one was gonna watch that. Hardly anyone's watching this either. So you know, okay. <laughs> this, is we, this, is we, this is why we record it and put it on a podcast. Right? Yes, yeah. so you can listen to it. But um, what do you? Uh, give me, give me, uh, give me some thoughts. Give me, give me, rattle off some thoughts for me, John. Thoughts. Uh, so when this started, you and I podcasted and said, "What do we expect out of this?" What do we think? Like, what you know? What conclusion should we draw from this? How do we think we're going to do? Uh, and I think the general consensus between us was like, uh, you know, who knows? This is not. This is fake. This is basically like a fake thing. Uh, they haven't had much time to practice. This team is still sort of fresh. We shouldn't make any conclusions about both the play style or the coach or the players on account of three games. Uh, and then we watched those three games. And we saw other teams play, and they didn't look very bad. They just looked Cincinnati. Some of them looked good, even right. Orlando, <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's really disheartening. It's it, it would be better if they didn't if this wasn't played from a DC United fans' perspective. Uh, like it's just putting us all in a really weird spot because uh, you know the play style wasn't good. They came back twice to salvage draws but not on the, not 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 no sorts of play that you would say like all right well this is something we can build off of this is how we're going to play in the rest of the season should there be a season uh it's it's a it's a big bummer man uh i don't know where we go from here i don't know what our expectations should be if there is another season and if there isn't another season uh what changes have to be made to make this team competitive if that's the goal if the ownership would like that to happen. So I guess I, so I look at this, you know, you look at the first game against TFC, scrappy, come from behind victory. I'm thinking, okay, you know, that wasn't the greatest game. New England, I'm like, okay, well, there was some, you know, we, we needed to rescue a gaffer, but, I, you know, I saw some modest improvement. It looked, seemed like more they had an idea to play. I said, game against Montreal has to be, it has to be the game where we decide what type of team we are and how we're going to play. Um, and that, didn't happen. They looked good for, I'd say for about 10, 15 minutes, they looked lively. Um, and then they looked like they have this whole tournament, slow, predictable, 
no real effort. It really, until Kevin Paredes came in, we'll get into him. He may be like the one like silver lining. He is like the Andy Dahar of 2010, where he came onto the field and actually did some things that that almost brought this team back. And so if this team had drawn this game, we'd be talking about them playing a knockout game, probably against uh, Orlando, probably losing. But you know, say la vie. Um, but uh, it, it just. I wanted to come to this tournament. I said, okay, I want to have, I want to leave this tournament with an idea of, okay, this is what this team is building towards. This is, you know, yeah, we did maybe, even if we don't advance, maybe there's something we can build on, you know, some sort of identity, uh, a game even that we could say we could build on. And there's nothing. I'm leaving this tournament with more questions about where this team is, what type of style we're going to play, who who's looking good. Everybody looks like they regressed. Edison Flores didn't really do much. Um, uh, Julian Gressel didn't really show much either. Kamara was absent. This team became uh, Eric Sorga was was nothing. This team has left with just a complete mess. They they are probably the team that has finished. I don't care about some. Maybe some of the other teams didn't show as well. At least some of those other teams. You watch a game, you say, okay, I, I can see what Robin Frazier is doing here with. Um, with uh with Colorado, you know, Vancouver gets a huge boost. They look like they're a completely different team. DC, I think, is entering exiting this tournament as the worst off team. Maybe other than the ones that that didn't play, uh, including FC Dallas and 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 Nashville. Um, it, they are coming. They they look they looked just completely devoid of ideas. And I'm you know I came to start like who much who should I be mad? Should I be mad at Ben Olsen? That's the easy thing to be mad about. He's the coach. He should know what to do. But I look at how thin this team is, and this is constant again and again this team comes in every season with paper thin depth paper thin thin depth and you know what you're out of rfk you can't use these oh you know we have to no 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 no. stop it all right look at what la lafc is without carlos vela right now carlos vela is not there he is so much about how that team plays they drop six on the galaxy what do we have to show what are we doing what do we have to show we're without Paul Ariola and we fold like a like a paper tiger. I I, I literally I I don't know what to do anymore. I, I don't why do I put myself with watching this team? Maybe a new coach and then I'm you know, then I look at Orlando. And let's be clear, Orlando's still not a great organization. They are still not a fantastic organization, but they got a good coach in Oscar Perea who came in here, benched guys like Dom Dwyer and said, Hey, Chris Mueller's a good player. Let's give him a shot. And it's taken years for Ben to trust young players. He finally trusts a guy in Kevin Paredes who shows pretty well. But even that's not enough. Griffin Yao has now made one appearance in this in this tournament, I'm pretty sure. Maybe yeah. two, but one. it certainly wasn't anything impactful. No. I, I I am I am out of I am out of F's to give about this team at this point. Yeah, fire the coach, but I'm not sure that really solves many of the problems. I, I really don't. This this team this team has been stuck in neutral. Even post Audi Field, even post Wayne Rooney, this team is still stuck in neutral, and it's frustrating as a fan. You want to come up with reclaim our and I'm not I'm not messing with the uh, I'm not talking about I'm not you know going right. off on the marketing's got a market. Marketing marketing's got a market. Yes, but the reclaim our rain. Are you kidding me? What what, what are far, we doing? Our, our our reign is nowhere no. close to our arm's length to to reclaim. And I got some one more thing. What is the identity of DC? What does DC do? Look at Philadelphia. Philadelphia oh. said, okay, we're you know we can't spend like the LA Galaxy. We can't spend like the LAFCs and the Atlanta Uniteds. You know what we're gonna do? We're gonna we're gonna invest in our youth team. We're gonna invest in youth, invest in development. They put together a pretty pretty good team, potentially a contending team. By doing, by sticking to an identity, DC seems to be caught in this idea. Oh well, you know, we're going to start Loud United. We're going to bring in young guys like Kevin Paredes, like Griffin Yao, or no, oh no, we're actually going to spend a lot of money too. We're going to bring in Edison Flores, spend five million dollars on him. You got to pick a side here. Either you're going to be a big super club that goes out and spends the money, or you're going to be a club that's going to develop. And DC seems to be stuck in the middle, and that's why they're stuck in neutral because they can't commit to what the hell they want to do. Yeah. <laughs> that was a lot. That was a lot. I'm sorry. I took that over. No, I, think no. I don't think I left John with much. No, I mean there is not much meat left on the bone. Um Yeah, I, I think I think we have reached the point of saying what do you what do you want this team to be? What is our identity? I, I think that's a very good question. Very few people could answer it definitively. 
I don't think I, I don't think an identity should be like we're going to go down early, but we may come back. Like that's that's basically who we are. It's like we don't ever give up. That's good. You can also not give up and also be good. Like you can be both of those things. We we've you been that also... identity since 2010. I know. We've been that. Oh, we're not going to give up. We're going to fight. Scrap. It's cheaper. <laughs> cheaper to fight than it is to be good. Luciano Acosta scored this week, and Patty Mullen scored this yeah. week. Yeah. Guys that are no longer in DC yeah. right now. Ugh. That's what this podcast is gonna. It's gonna be. Uh, remember some guys. That's what the podcast is gonna be in the yeah. interim. The, you know, we didn't. We've not mentioned it yet, but everyone who has been paying attention to MLS back. So Frank DeBoer is gone uh, from Atlanta. Yes. Uh, the Twitter account that has been asking for his <laughs> ouster. I believe the, during the first during the first game of his reign uh, created a Twitter account. Might have been against DC. Is that possible? Was it a season opener? Because we 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 started yeah, off. I think that's when it started to to come about. I so. think that's true. So uh, he's gone now. Other than a stint in Ajax where he did well, he has a pretty not great coaching resume. He's just he's, he's a name. He's known, uh, but he's gone. The team the team this is the, like I mean, we're we're asking for Ben to be fired, but we we are a team that uh, counts every nickel and every dime. And Atlanta is a team that says, oh, you're not performing? I don't care how much longer. Well, we'll fire you. We'll fire your assistant coaches. We'll fire. We're going to. We'll buy out your lease. We'll buy out your mortgage. Just go. Go away. We would like someone else to be in charge because we don't think you can do the job here. And the fans won't accept it. And, and, and you know, there's something to be said for. Look at what Orlando is in. Orlando got into this vicious cycle of firing coaches, of you know, revolving door of coaches. They never really, you know, they have one bad season or their, you know, season's not going well. They, they never seem to really give a chance for a coach to build. And I think 2020, I think 2020, the fact that there wasn't a season is great for Oscar Perea because I think it gave him a chance to sort of have, have more than just a season to build. And then he might be the first like Orlando coach to survive a season. Um, maybe Jason Christ got like it was four and a half games long. Yeah, yeah, basically. If if we have a season, who knows? But he might be the first coach to actually last a year. Um, you know, there is something to be said for holding on to a coach, not becoming a revolving door of coaches. On the flip side, there's also this thing of holding on to something too long until it just becomes stale. Called bag holding. We're bag we're bag holding Ben Olsen at this point. We have uh, we have negative equity. We don't win anymore, but we're gonna keep holding on because we love Ben Olsen as a person. And what he as and what he used to be, and we go ahead. It, it will it, it will not surprise me if this team come if he survives 2020, 2021, This team maybe builds something a little bit you know scrappy, not great, but maybe they finish you know maybe the Eastern Conference gets a little weaker. They finish you know third, second, third in the Eastern Conference, maybe win a playoff game, losing the playoffs, and then they give him an extension. It really it really wouldn't shock me at this point. I, I don't know. I I just I'm. The, this ownership needs to decide. Needs to decide what team it wants to be, and it needs to grow up. It's time to grow up. You are no longer in the confines of RFK. Stop acting like it. The frustrating thing is, too, is there aren't there aren't a lot of punching bags left in MLS. Yeah, uh, we might become one. We might be looking around for who the punching bag is, and it might be us. Uh, New England's good now. Philly's good. Uh, FC Cincinnati's still bad, even though they beat. Atlanta, but everyone beats Atlanta right now. Atlanta, maybe Atlanta's bad. Maybe that's the big trick. Atlanta becomes the new FC Cincinnati uh, as long as Joseph Martinez is out somehow. Uh, but we're running out of teams to say that we're going to get three points against them. Uh, and that should worry uh, everyone. That should worry... I, and I was, I was trying to get around to it. The difference between us and Atlanta, besides money, is that they have enough fans that can put enough pressure on, on ownership to make a change. I don't think we do anymore. There aren't enough people that are really engaged. You know, there's us. There's a lot of podcasts, mm-hmm. and there's the supporters groups, and uh, they don't necessarily have the sway that they used to with the team. Uh, we talked about it ad nauseum about sort of the, the change uh, in how the team was approaching Audi Field and how it was approaching uh, the, the the corporate sales and boxes and new to- new fans, uh, sort of like casual the casual fan. And if that's your market, like you're sort of, you're sort of resistant, and particularly now in a, in, a, in a scenario where no one can be in the stadium, you're resistant to external pressure because those people aren't paying attention. 
and you don't really care necessarily about some of the the people that you would have used to listen to about it. The the hardcore all want Ben to go. Based on Twitter, you know, we've been in this conversation now uh, in depth now for as long as they show how many 111 episodes basically. And even the people who were like, you know, I, I would put myself among the group who were saying, what problems does it solve? Who else are we going to get? This team is still going to have no depth. This team is still going to have no budget. Why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we keep him? Uh, there are lots of people like that, and they are mostly turning around now and saying, "I'm done. I can't. I have. There's no defense anymore." Like small sample size for sure. The two games before this weren't good. These three games were bad. Uh, we may not have a season. We may. We may might. But I. I don't feel like we're in a upward trajectory anymore. We lost. We lost Rooney. We lost Acosta. We replaced them with Edison Flores. Okay, sometimes you miss. Maybe it's not a miss. Maybe he's good. I don't know. Uh, but that's not that's not a like for like replacement from any from any from a leadership perspective, from a style perspective. Uh, if there was fans from a gate perspective, I just don't know where we're, we're headed. I don't. We're, I feel rudderless as a franchise right now. Um, and I think all the good feelings about this tournament was basically just there is soccer to watch. The team that I love is playing, not so much anything about the way that they were playing or the games themselves. It's like, oh, there's soccer to watch, and Ben's going to play um, Segura as a forward for the third time. And I, I remember, like, I was like, oh man, this is interject ten minutes, and then I watch Gressel play a ball over Segura and watch Segura just and just roof it. And I was just like, oh my god. What is somebody shared a somebody shared a clip too of uh, when Ola Kamara did play. Joseph Mora was uh, standing on the sidelines waiting to throw in for like twenty five seconds, and no one was moving at all. And then he threw the ball, and Ola headed it seventy five feet in the air, out of bounds on, on like right out of the, right out of the, off the throw in. And it was just like it was a very "we'll be right back" moment. Uh, <laughs> Ola only played you know forty forty five minutes in the whole tournament, but yeah, that's the that's the mark he made. I mean, you know, this is, it's a deflating, it's a deflating way to go out of this tournament. It's a deflating way to head into uncertainty about what this team is going to be. We know for the most part, you know, the conversation now is that I think the athletic came out with something today. MLS wants to return to markets. They want to travel. They want to potentially allow some fans. Uh, that seems like a real bad idea yeah. uh, for a number of reasons. USL is doing it right now. They've been allowing fans. There have been no stated outbreaks yet. It's early. There have been a couple of positive cases. Yeah. Matches postponed. That, that makes sense. But, I mean, so far it's, it's I guess, going okay. Now they are regionalizing it. There is, you know, traveling on a bus for a lot of these for a lot of these teams not playing so there's a little bit i guess a way you can sort of control it a little better because when you're in a plane you know you've got recycled air you've got walking through airports and in traffic and and so i i can see that being a real problem and a real outbreak problem i mean i have a couple of questions about almost you know is there going to be charter flights how are you going to if you're allowing fans i mean my answer is probably not that's probably not a good oh, idea do not um the kickers are doing it and city stadium is probably the only stadium I'd feel comfortable doing a game at this point because there are it's so few fans. It's basically an open area. It, it, I mean, it, for me, it's no different than I was if I was at a park or something. Um, but like Audi field with how cramped it can get in the line. No, <laughs> no. Um, stay away. I just don't understand from a, from an economic standpoint, like how much money are you making? If you have to open the stadium, employ all the staff, the security, the food to only allow 5,000 people in 10,000 people at max, probably more like 5,000 people. How is this good? How is this beneficial to them more than just saying we'll play behind closed doors. Now the post says that they're looking at playing at Segra field. They're looking at playing at Annapolis to no fans or to very, very few, like a thousand fans at Segra. Yeah. I mean, that makes more sense. Like you want to get the games in for the competitive reasons. You go to the place where it's the cheapest for you to do so you own Segra. So that's pretty cheap. It's free. Um, and the costs of running the stadium are very low, uh, but I just don't. I just don't get it. I don't get what they get out of it. Uh, how do they decide who gets to go? Uh, I don't think it's gonna. They're gonna. People are not gonna be beating down the doors to go to those games. I'm. I'm not going to be. Yeah. Um, some people will be. Um, 
you know, some of the season ticket holders now have been saying that they would go, but I don't know, man. I don't Seems know. That's bad. just a desperation out of. I mean, out of out of out of having live soccer to watch, or I, I don't know what that is, but I don't it's know. Definitely that. Yeah, yeah. It makes sense. I mean, Greg Greg Koch in the comments says, "How is MLS going to play games for 16 weeks in home markets? It took MLB four days before one of their teams had an outbreak, and soccer has a lot more contact than baseball." Yeah, I mean, there there are games canceled already. Yeah, <laughs> already, and they just started, and they canceled them. And there's like there's intrigue about. Tra- playing after having a positive test uh, about bringing in uh, people that had COVID into a, a, a visiting locker room. Uh, it's a big mess and it's just started. And the, the bubble is how you minimize variables and how you make it not complicated. And, and, you know, you look at, you look at MLS and what they did in this tournament. And, you know, I, I think there's, it's still right to criticize and ask whether this was really necessary, whether, it was still a risk, and I don't want to minimize people who said it was a risk. And there were a lot of people that were – there are a lot of people that are being disingenuous towards media and other fans and saying like, oh, you guys were rooting for this to fail. No one no one was rooting for this to fail. I think a lot of journalists and a lot of people, MLS fans, are, are genuinely pleased with how MLS – you know, handled this tournament. You know, we can argue about the risk and everything, but they have shown that you can have a bubble, and as long as you don't have anyone bringing coronavirus in, you can su- successfully keep people contained and not have a a spread a you know a spread within 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 the teams. And they they came out with zero tests. You know, zero positive. I think they just said they tested who's left from the knockout stage, and they came out zero positive tests. So. Um, they, they've done a pretty successful job of doing it. Now bring it to the home markets, opens yourself up. Um, and I think, I think the, this, what we're seeing right now with the Miami Marlins and the MLB should give pause to a lot of leagues that are, uh, I guess, I guess basically just MLS really MLS and NWSL as well, I guess too, especially NWSL too, um, yeah. to say, hold on a minute. Do we, you know, is this really smart? Because MLB is going to be on the front page now for a while um, yep. with these positive tests, people getting sick. You know, it, 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 it's going to damage an, a league that's already suffering a lot of damage as far as uh, the labor disputes. Getting just getting here was a huge was a huge thing. So, um, yeah, that doesn't I even follow I, baseball. He knows that's that that is that is what that is what the deal is. Those are the, those are the big stories. Yeah, Ted. Why don't you why don't you go ahead and throw open the phone lines too? Because I think people have if if people are listening, I mean, they have some questions about all this stuff. Yeah. Should we talk about? Uh, should we shift maybe while we wait for some calls to come in? Should we shift to uh, Spirit and talking? Uh... Yeah, man. Also, congrats to Houston Dash for winning the the the, the challenge yes. cup. Um. <laughs> never, never. They've never made the playoffs as an NWSL franchise, and they go in out and they win this tournament. Everybody was crowning the courage the the team to, the team who was going to win it. And I was like, oh, they're going to win it. It's just a matter of who plays them. And we were all wrong. And it was it was well. There are some there are some factors there that we'll get into that potentially uh, hurt hurt the the cause there a little bit, uh, which we will get into here very quickly. But uh, yeah, I mean, for for Kiliwat, uh switch switch teams at the wrong time uh, and. Uh, missed out on a, on a victory. <laughs> she went to she went to the wrong side. There's uh, always the bridesmaid situation, I guess. Um, but yeah, Rose Rose Lavelle, uh, Washington Spirit. So the the latest from the Athletic is that um, Sam Ewis from North Carolina has signed with Manchester City Women, uh, and also Rose Lavelle apparently is being heavily pursued uh, by Man City. I think I think all 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 that's remaining is her. Her signature on the contract, I think, is right. so this, very this seeming this is seeming <laughs> inevitable at this point. You so, you have you I know you have some negative thoughts. I have some different yeah. thoughts about this, but you yeah, no, first. I definitely do. Um, so I I knew that NWSL and and women's soccer, U.S. the Federation have a interesting relationship, a complicated relationship. Uh, the the Federation uh, owns the players' contracts and they allocate the national team players to the teams. Um, what I didn't understand, what I didn't know, I guess I should have known, is that the, the the teams, the franchises, have no say at all whether these players move on, um, where they move. They don't get compensated if they move. Just lose them. So Rose Lavelle wants to go play soccer. Don't blame her. She wants to increase her salary probably three or fourfold. 
can't begrudge her that. Uh, Man City, I mean, uh, I, I would say she should go, should go to Chelsea, but I don't know if there's, I don't know if she could break that <laughs> midfield right now. To be honest with you, uh, could, but there, the, it's the a bronze it's, ball winner in the Women's World Cup can't break through, I mean, can't break through with great. any team she Crystal, wants. Crystal Dunn couldn't do it, so you never know. Sam Sam Kerr's look pretty bad over there too. Uh, anyway. Uh, so there's a, there's a good chance that she goes, it's looking more and more likely that she goes. If there are, if there is an Olympics next year, uh, she could go up until that point. She goes and plays in the Olympics. And then just like someone said this on Twitter, just like the last couple times, there'd be a victory tour or if not a victory tour, a post Olympics tour. So that takes them further into the future. So then you're looking at maybe the end of the fall where she's just played 12 months of soccer at a very high competitive level. Not that I don't think I don't think WSL is better than NWSL, um, but uh, she's also not very unfragile. Uh, not unfragile, but she's she's injury prone. She has lots of muscle injury issues. Uh, not like catastrophic injuries, not like ligaments, but just sort of muscle muscle injuries. So that sort of fatigue, uh, and then coming back to the spirit for a playoff run potentially, which I care about because this team is very well constructed. Uh, yes. And maybe if she was allowed to play more than 30 minutes that she was allotted to by the Federation for a Federation that will not be playing any games for the remainder of 2020 and maybe not in the 2021 and early on, but they're telling her that she can't play more than 30 minutes. Okay. Uh, I wonder if they'll, I wonder if they'll do that to Man City. Uh, I doubt that they will. Uh, it's just this team is like right there. They're on the cusp. They're on the cusp with Rose. Without Rose, it's a much more gray. I mean, it's it's a small league. They're they're probably closer to the middle of the pack. I'm very concerned about losing Rose. I'm even more concerned about losing her for nothing. They maintain her NWSL rights. Cool. Uh, which what will happen? Like I said on on Twitter, is what will happen is that she will wait until FC Cincinnati gets a franchise, then she'll come back, and then we'll get whatever we get. We'll get like nine first round draft picks or something ridiculous. I'm sure. Yeah. But I want the player. I want the player right now for the next year. This the, the the spirit were built with a three year plan in place. Next year is the third year. I want her for those three years. A after that, she wants to go. She can go. But it looks like she's going to go before that. I, I am, I am okay with this because go get paid is my philosophy for for a lot of these players for for the um, uh, for the the fact and also I I want you know what you know what would convince. And, you know, I understand the rules are weird and they technically have a contract with the U.S. soccer. And so then they get they're, they're sort of just loaned to these NWSL clubs and sort of played. And, you know, my, my response is, I think, you know, I I want eventually I want NWSL to say, you know what, we're going to go out. And we're going to pay. We're going to pay these players. You want to you want women's soccer to grow. NWSL needs to get to a point where they're not just getting these U.S. women's players sort of allocated to them. And they should – I mean, I understand why U.S. soccer does it. I understand why NBA is probably perfectly fine because they get essentially the 11 best players in the world on their clubs every every year, and they don't even have, and they don't really have to pay them because they all just get paid by U.S. soccer. Or maybe there's some I, – I, if you think MLS rules are confusing, NWSL and the allocation of U.S. stars is, is even more confusing. Um, but you, I mean, what would, what would stop this type of thing from happening is for the NWCL owners to step up and pay the players that are, that are worth it a compliment salary. And I guarantee you, as soon as if there ever reaches a point where us soccer says, you know what, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're going to stop doing this. I guarantee there are going to be so many players that are going to just going to fly over to Europe. Europe's going to get good. Europe's going to get really yeah. good, really quickly. Money, money didn't stop Sam Kerr from leaving, though, right? Yeah. Chicago asked the league to allow them to pay her more, and they offered it, and she left. Yeah. So there's some of that where these players want to test themselves in a new environment. Everybody wants to try to live in Europe for a little bit. That's not uncommon. I get yeah. it. I did it. <laughs> I understand people want to do that. But, like, I wish that there was a way to make a fair – I wish that they, they got something out of this. I wish they had a say in it in some way, and it seems like they don't. It seems like she's gone. And they're going to probably play. I think what's likely to happen is they're going to have more regional tournaments here. Maybe another Challenge Cup at the end of the year. Uh, or maybe like some regional tournaments. And I would like her to be a part of that. I want to see what this team can be when they're all playing their best players 90. Now, Andy Sullivan's out for an un unknown amount of time. So there's that. We're not going to have our full 11 here for another six months anyway. Uh, 
you know, but I, I do say I, I do see this team building even even without Rose. I I see at least an identity, and I see I, they're not going to be the only team that's going to be suffering from missing missing players. And well, I don't sure. I, I don't blame Rose. I mean, there, there's no guarantee there's going to be games the rest of the year. So I, I don't blame Rose for for saying, you know what, if Man City comes calling, they want to pay me, and I want to go to Europe, and hey, I'm back for the playoff run, and you know, hey, I think my team is good enough that they can, you know keep themselves active and you know i, I think jason Anderson said jason Anderson says that you know they, they have a good relationship this isn't a crystal dunn situation where crystal goes to chelsea and then or literally just Walking says out. i'm not coming back you send me send me north carolina send me elsewhere um right now i'm not worried about an fc cincinnati nwsl side yeah. That's long down the line. But. That's long down the line. I mean, Louisville got started up pretty quickly. And, of course, L.A. just came out of nowhere. Even though I guess it had been sort of talked about. It was just kind of like it's suddenly it's just happening, um, which is which is really That's great. We should talk too. about that. That's, yeah, let's do it. That's fantastic. Am I, having having a team in L.A. is great. Um, I would like to see maybe a – I would like to see um, NYCFC slash the Man City Overlords step up. And maybe that's the plan when they get a new stadium and actually put a team in New York. Um, Red Bulls, I'm also perfectly fine with them stepping up. Though I guess now they have Sky Blue, so uh, probably probably not going to happen. But now you know now basically you have Sky Blue sort of representing New York, and you have LA, which is crucial for any sports league to get to that point. Um, I'm pretty sure the last time there was an uh, NWSL team in LA or a women's professional team in LA was a while ago. Um, I'm trying. To, I know Marta played, and I'm trying to remember what their name was. LA Soul. Yeah, it was LA Soul. I think you're right about that. So. Um, yeah, that's good. That's really good. Um, they're going to be playing in probably. I, I'm I'm guessing they're going to be since Mia Ham's involved. Probably going to be playing in that beautiful stadium in LA that I desperately want to see at some point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so fun. And Natalie Portman's involved, so like NWCL gets its first like major like celebrity sponsor. So I remember like I remember like you know when it was a big deal that Drew Carey was involved in the ownership for the Sounders. Um, I, I Natalie Portman's I think better than Drew Carey as a what? as a celebrity. So. What you don't Price is Right over uh, Phantom Menace? Uh, no, I'm gonna judge her. I'm gonna judge her on her lowest point. Um, yeah, I mean, no, it, it is awesome. It is hilarious that uh, Alexis Ohanian and Serena Williams's daughter is also an owner. That's funny to me. Just, there's a two-year-old owner. Uh, I wonder what the capital call was on all these owners because there's like 75 owners, and if they had to put in more than like $500 a piece. Uh, this is the most capitalized NWSL franchise by a great stretch, and they can get more money if they need it. Uh, so, yeah, it's exciting. Uh, like, uh, oh, it's is very that a person? Hi, Greg. How Hi, are you? Greg. How are you? Hey, hey, John and Ted. Hey, so I can hear you now. Yay. Yeah. What, what, uh, how can we help you? What's What do you, what do you want to talk about? Uh, ben Olsen. So... Hmm. Are they going to keep him around after this year? Because here's the thing. The three games weren't that great, but let's suppose it's the middle of the season and we get two points from three games. I mean, that wouldn't necessarily be cause for alarm. It happens every season. But here, three games is the entire season. So it's just a weird year. And, I mean, how do you handle it? I don't know. Yeah. I, I think that you, I think that you have to judge him on the totality of his record, and not just these three games. The three games might be the impetus for uh, the uh, move, but uh, I think that they probably will keep him. Yeah, if there is a season, if there is a season, they'll keep him. Right? I think that I think he's gonna he's gonna make the yeah. deal, the full length of the season. Uh, but then, I mean, probably yeah, they get rid of him after that. There's not gonna be a season. There's there's no way they can play a full season, uh, but that's another issue. No, yeah, no, they're gonna. No, I think they may issue. try. A yeah. question of if they can or not. But they, I think that you know, money never sleeps. I think they're probably going to give it a shot. No, no one thought. I mean, no one thought this whole thing. I mean, everybody was saying this thing was going to be. Can- I mean, honestly, I've I've given up trying to predict whether it's going to be a season or not. They're definitely going to try. And and yeah, only thing only thing I can say about about Ben Olsen is it, it's and Greg, it's it's not just about. I mean, it's about really five games in the season. It's about how many chances are you going to give this guy? I think I think I me and John were willing to say, okay, you know, what people a lot of people say, oh, ten years of nothing, and I say, yeah, well, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go and like give you an investment. So, 
and I'm going to give you absolutely nothing to to invest in. And I'm going to yell at you for not, you know, making a million dollars in the stock market. You know, that's Ben also was given nothing on these teams. And now he has at least a little <laughs> something. And it's kind of still the same. It hasn't really evolved. It, it's stuck in neutral. So I think that's what a lot of us are kind of like, all right, have, we're ready for something. There, are there any other MLS coaches who have been around that long? Uh, Peter Vermees in Kansas City. Probably <laughs> the only he's other got one. Some cups, and he's got some cups in the silver. In yeah. The, uh, and in the his, team, his team is always yeah. a constant perennial favorite in in the west even he has had he has had one season where he's missed the playoffs and he has come back and built his team and he's gotten alan polito who's playing really really well i mean he's he he is a i dislike peter ravise but he is he has done a good job as technical director and coach as well and they're not in a major market yeah there goes that excuse it's not la it's not new york it's, it's kansas city yeah and they don't break the bank like the, a lot of other teams. I mean, Alan Polito was like their most expensive. And they're not signing. even in the big Kansas City, are they? No, they're just... <laughs> yeah, you're right. They're in the little one. You're right. They're not even in the good Kansas City. They're in the <laughs> tiny one. All right, all right, Greg. Uh, anything else you want to add before we uh, open up the phone lines again? For... Uh, no, just thank you. Okay, good night. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, Greg. <sighs> they are in the bad. Kansas sorry, City. sorry to Mr. Producer. He was sitting there for a while, and I guess I was not. I am. I was. We were, were so dumb. We were, we're so about about the We're talking about NWSL and missed the call. But I think, that, call I, I, I really think that's where this podcast goes. We. I put up a. I put up a. Uh, a Twitter poll about what team had the brighter future between the Spirit and DC United. Now, did I do that right after DC United lost? I did. Uh, so that's a little bit. But about ninety percent say the Spirit, and uh, I think that's even with Rose heading for the exits. I still think that's true. Uh, I don't know what I don't I don't know where we're go- I don't know where we're going for DC United. I don't see it. I don't see it going. Uh, there's no easily predictable path here. Paul Ariola, who we talked, who had, who we 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 asked him the question uh, on a on a Q and A with season ticket holders before the game last uh, before last game that last game or two game anyway earlier, uh, and we asked him about his new contract, and uh, he was like, I don't know what I can say about that, but I think you'll hear something soon. Uh, and then we heard something to yesterday. Yes. So uh, he is staying. His contract is through 2023 with a, a option for 2024. Thank God. Uh, <laughs> if, you, if you've been watching this team, you know how badly uh, this team needs him. And if you remember, he came in with Zoltan Stieber and who else? He came. It was it was three players. It was Zoltan Stieber, Russell Knaus, and Knauss. Uh, and Paul Ariola. Yeah. So two two out of the three of those hit, and one out of the three of those really hit. And got his second contract uh, with his team and got really paid, hopefully. I, I think that th- there were a lot of people, and I was kind of producing, I was like, wow, I'm so surprised that DC got the sun. I, I was I was maybe worried about it, you know, entering the season. Maybe this is, you know, another Acosta situation. Does he maybe look to walk? Does, there a, you know, does he play well enough that a European team comes in? Um, I, I think once his injury happened, I said he's probably going to get re-signed because – when you're coming off an injury, you want to be in a place that's going to be comfortable um, at all costs. Uh, you want to be in a situation that gives you the best chance to uh, recover and, and get back. And you, and you want to and you want to you want to secure your future at that point. And that's basically what he's done. He's secured for the next two or three years. He he only thing he's thinking about is get myself healthy, get myself back into the national team picture. And anyone saying that he is not a nat- U.S. national team for, uh, player can literally get out of here there are people that are like oh he's not really a national team player i'm like well, all right take your giorena and pulisic love and give me some paul Ariola. just saying so yeah so. i mean he produced he he whatever i don't care yeah he, pro- he produces he was like one of the few players that was consistently producing and it, it, he might he he might be a reason why this team is playing so poorly but let's we do i don't know if you want to you, you oh, said you said on the show this team Ariola is at fault for the U.S. national team being bad. No, 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 no. I'm talking about DC. I'm still being. Oh. I'm still. I'm not talking. I'm talking about like. I was like, I was whoa! Like, <laughs> no way. Yeah. There's a no, lot I, of things I'm, wrong with the U.S. men's national team. So yeah, let's we'll avoid talking about them at all at all possible. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it is. He is. He is certainly a big blaring, blinking red light for an excuse of why this team has not been good uh, in this season so far. I think, uh, but really, everyone else. Uh, Bill Hamid was good, pretty good, yeah, and, and then Kevin Paredes was really good. Yeah, so let's get into that. Uh, Kevin played. Uh, he came in in the uh, in the Toronto game when we were down, I think, two nothing at the time. He came in and was the best player on the field, and he is seventeen years old. 
So that's crazy. Uh, and then he came in. Did he, I think he played in all three games. He, he came crap. off the bench in all three games. Yep. Didn't have quite the effect that he had in his first game, but he was. He did not put many many foot wrong uh, in those three games. He looks ready to play. He looks comfortable. Uh, I think uh, both between him and Iguain, you've got players that are on the bench uh, that are performing well. You got to figure out a way. Iguain maybe not be ninety minutes fit, but if you can get sixty minutes out of him. Maybe that's the way you got to go. Uh, this team is not. You you want to keep them off the field when you're like, well, the you know, the guy the guys in the field will come good eventually. Uh, maybe they will, but right now, Kevin Paredes specifically has the legs uh, and the energy and the vision uh, to to be playing in this league already. And the thing that this team usually does is it gives opportunities to young players, but it doesn't give them extended runs because it's always like. You know, oh, we can't do that because we got to fight for a playoff spot, or we can't do that because X, Y, or Z. Like this team is nowhere close to contending right now for anything. So play the shit out of these guys. Excuse my French. They need they need to be on the field because there's no reason for them not to be. And that's a that's a that, that's an interesting point. You know, I, I feel like maybe the problem with a lot of you, I, I think about guys like Michael Seaton. I think about guys like Colin Martin. I remember I, I watched Colin Martin for Richmond, and I saw that guy just thread a pass through two or three lines of defenders right on target. I think it was to Michael Seaton, actually. Michael Seaton finished it. And I was like, oh, my goodness, this is this is it. Like, this is like this the, the pipe. We have the Richmond pipeline. Colin Martin's going to be lighting it up. And, you know, and, and there's been sort of – I think this team has almost been – yes, we had a down year in 2017 or a b- bad year, but you talk 2016, 2018, 2019. Maybe this team just needs to be bad. Maybe, maybe that – maybe bad and then maybe Olsen – Maybe the team makes a move on Olsen, but you have a bunch of young players. You bring an interim coach who says, you know what? We're just, you know, we're out of a playoff spot. Predis, Yao, just go for it. You know, just sh- show me, show me what you got. Um, that, that, that was a huge part of DC's sort of rebuild and rebirth after, uh, in 2010 was they were really bad. And Andy Nahar was the one good thing. And he got a lot of chances and a lot of opportunities to grow and to become a good player. Um, and now he's playing for LA. So, what are you gonna do? Um, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. The thing that will will elicit change is astronomical badness. Yeah, <laughs> like just just like crushing badness. And, and this uh, team's so, just been mediocre, and they have yeah, been, and they're fighting for playoff yeah. spot. Mediocre is boring. Being very bad or very good is interesting. So, yeah. let's try something new. Let's be <laughs> let's be legends. Let's be last place. Let's go. For it. <laughs> course then he's last place and he's still throwing a higuain out there so you know I, I, there needs to be there needs to be change there needs to be brand new change in this club uh 202 if you want to jump in the show if you want to call numbers right there at the bottom Give and we are loath to talk about t- ben being fired yeah. i am anyway like yeah. I, I bring I, bring, I, bring your fire bring your fire we of course you know we were kind of in the beginning of the year we uh, i think after the end of last year we were like you know what we're already entering a rebuild. Why not give somebody else an opportunity to go out and try to build something or to do something different? I, you've, you, we have we felt like we had kind of just run the course with Ben. And I think now then it, we were like, it's not happening. So we're like, all right, well, let's see what Ben can do. Now we're like, all right, you know what? It's 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 like now we're running on fumes. The tank is completely empty. It's time to get something new. It's like running on that, like your brakes, your brakes are bad. And you're like, well, I'm just going to kind of ride it out. See how it goes, ride it out. And at this point, like, you know, the, the pads are gone. Where the, the rudders are warped. The rotors are warped. And you're just like, come on, it's, it's time to make a change. And the ownership's behind the wheel basically being like, oh, no, 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 it's fine. We can get another good year out of this, I think, at least. So we, 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 you, you mentioned it on the, you didn't mention it. You played it in the little, your, your play that you played at the beginning of this. Uh, ben Olsen's answer and press conference after that game was unacceptable. Yeah. Unacceptable. Like, obviously he was pissed and it wasn't just, just, it wasn't just the question uh, that Charlie asked. Jason asked the question. It was basically like, so Ulysses Segura at forward again. No, I'm sorry. It was about uh, Felipe playing in the ten. He's like, real. That's that is our that is our plan B. Then I guess you're telling me. And Ben was like, who else could I put out there? Who 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 else could play that position? And then uh, Jason give Paredes named, a shot. Come on, Jason. Then named three players. <laughs> uh, and then and then Ben was like, well, you know, I you know I I stand by my choice. And then Charlie asked basically like, what is the identity of this team? 
Yeah. Do you like it? Is it good? It doesn't seem like it's good. It seems like it's bad. <laughs> uh, and, and and Bannon just like just gives him just shuts him all the way down for the end of the, the end of the press conference. Now, did Charlie shred him in uh, in an article after the fact where he could have? He did. Charlie was very even handed and didn't even mention the fact that he got stonewalled like that. So he better bigger man than I. <laughs> I I would have figured out a way to work the no into the subject or into the into the, into the headline probably somehow. Uh, but yeah, I mean that's uh, I would say in a in a in a franchise where real public pressure made a difference, uh, that this would be the sign of a coach sort of cracking under under that pressure. And the next thing that would happen would be ownership would say, you know, we have the greatest confidence in Ben Olsen as a manager. We're giving him a vote of confidence. We really think he's going to turn it around, and then he'd get fired like three weeks later. That's how it would happen in the rest. Yeah, I mean, I I really do think at this point. I think a lot of a lot of teams, and you know, I said I don't think anybody deserves to be, and I, and I think he'll get a couple games. I, I gotta, I do have to ask though. I mean, all right, I'm gonna go ahead and ask. Do you think we're, we're all basically saying Ben Olson out? Ben Olson's out. Uh, ben Olson out. We're Olson out. Yes, everybody. Yes, Rudy. We're, we're finally <laughs> yeah, Olson we, out. We finally win. It doesn't mean you know in the uh, it it. it it doesn't. It's kind of the the uh, from the Big Lebowski. It's like you're not wrong, but you're still an asshole. Um, excuse my French there, but I'm sorry. <laughs> but a lot of a lot of people here, Benny Ball, Grant, everybody, you are disingenuous fans who seem to revel in the fact that the team is losing and suffering. I, I'm in pain. I love this team. I have loved this team since I was a kid. I I am suffering in pain. And this is my out is to have rants and talk about how bad this team is. And this is how I am trying to cope with, with what's happening right now. And, um, I, but do, I mean, do, do you think it could get so bad that this team finally says, you know what? It's worth it just to let him go. No, you, you don't think so. He, no. he, he goes, he, so he's won one game this year. Yep. If he has another three win, let's say two, three win season to close out oh, the year. You mean by the end of the year. Yeah. I think, I think the thing that we felt last year will happen this year. If there are more games, he'll be let go this offseason. If there aren't more games, he will not be let go this offseason. Yeah. He will start 2021. And then you're talking about maybe doing a midseason firing, but certainly not this one. Like it will not in the year 2020, he will not be fired. Yep. And if, if there are more games and, and things go keep going the way they're going, Chad Ashton, come on now. <laughs> Yeah, why not? Chad player, Ashton, he wanted. He, he came to be player coach. Yeah. here's your chance. Yeah, yeah. Why not? <laughs> he might. He might start himself. Yeah, that would be. Wow, that would be. That'd be nuts. Hey, you know what? Be weird. Be weird. Right now, we we've got boring, mediocre nothingness. So let, let's it. be. Let's be weird. Let's be weird. Uh, do Do we want to talk loud and loud and returned? Did you watch the game? Oh, John? they did. They did, and I did. Yes. Oh, very rough. Yeah. Uh, uh, somehow Hartford United is like really good. Uh, and they also, I think won this weekend as well. Uh, they came back. I think that Pittsburgh was the team that everyone was looking at in this group as being the one that was really going to, uh, be a challenge. Looks like the group is a little bit tougher than they thought. Uh, it looks like Loudon may be the similar to DC United. They may be looking around for who the easy kid to beat up is. And it, and it may be them. Now to be uh, fair, Loudon was without, you know, Kevin Paredes, Griffin Yao. I think a lot of those guys are not going to slide back in there. So I think that kind of gives those guys them... don't play defense though, unfortunately. And that was where, that was where they looked. That was where they looked real shaky. Fair uh, enough. In the back line. But I don't know, man. Uh, I, at least they'll, they will, their, their season will, will happen. Yeah. USL is not going to shut down. Like they're just, they're just going to be like, listen, it'll, these rosters are big enough. Battle of attrition. We'll just get through this. We'll just end the fans, and it'll be the the league that no one came to see, and five people watched on ESPN Plus. We'll, and we'll save the the people like me who who didn't defer their season tickets to next year. the The money will the money will come. Will I mean, there there you talk about like, is it worth it for the kickers? I would say it absolutely is worth it because you keep that season ticket money, get season ticket money next year. They, I mean, you talk about a league that's so heavily reliant, and a lot of teams sort of riding that center of the you know basically being on the edge of broke is a lot of nw is a lot of usl teams um you know the the mls ones there are going to be mls teams that are not going that are going to fold their to their two sides watch that too um i i am projecting there are going to be at least two or three that are going to say you know what we're done with this and usl fans are like okay <laughs> all right darn toronto darn. two no come back yeah sorry i had my 
blowing up the song the end. Of the they day, don't so. care. It's yes. it's uh, you know I I do you, you to make a good point. There are there are three players: uh, Moses Nyman, Griffin Yao, Kevin Paredes, uh, Donovan Pines, Earl Edwards, probably uh, who will probably slot right into the to the starting lineup. Yeah. Uh, so the, the the team will look different and will be much more appealing to watch. But you know. Uh, I'm glad that they're going to be there because I don't think I, I think that I think that DC will not play as many games as people probably you think an optimist would think. You think after Ryan Martin, Ryan Martin, friend of the show, friend of the show. Yeah. I think he's like the first person I've been able to say friend of the show. Multiple time, multiple time. Uh, yes, once you get two times, you become a friend of the show. Martin, Ryan Martin, friend of the show. Do you think he was like looking at that DC game and then the one nothing score? And I'm sure he never say, "Oh no, I want you know, I want these guys to be successful. I want them gone." But he's like. Oh my God! Yes, after that Hartford game, he's like, "Oh, let's get these guys back. Let's let's get some let's get some talent back in here." I swear on, I don't know something in here. If if for some reason the DC is not pl- not playing, but they're like, "Well, we're practicing," uh, and it's makes it matters more to me that these players are practicing with the first team than playing with the second team. If that happens, I'm going to spit. You know, gonna, I want, you talked about it earlier. I want Emil Saad. Send send Emil Saad to Loudon. Yeah, to, he needs to, to knock that rust off. He needs to get some confidence and to knock Eric that rust Orga off. Eric needs to go down there. Yes. Man, let's just put all of them. I, I feel like most of the team <laughs> could benefit. Edison Flores, let's go. Yeah. No, I, probably not. I don't think Edison Flores will go for that. But I was kidding. I was yeah. kidding. But the, I mean, what 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 would what would stop DC from doing that? Is there anything that stops DC from doing? That? There's got to be something. There's, there's got to be some mechanism for them to stop doing that. But I mean, it, I mean, who knows what the season's going to be? So. Um, injury conditioning probably is like the loophole. Yes. So they can just say they're, they're all injured. Their <laughs> their injury is sucking. They're, they're, they're permanent loss of form. What if they send them all in down and then, and then Ben Olsen and then Raj Ryan Martin like concoct a, a tactical like genius plan with Loudon United and then the team goes, hmm, here's hmm. a way we can. He's I mean, already I, on payroll. I, yeah. I, honestly, honestly, if, if, if this team lets if this team lets Ben go at any point this season, Interim as much as, as much as I want to see, maybe maybe like the sadistic, you know, masochist <laughs> part of me wants to see Chad Ashton, interim coach, send Ryan Martin up and give him give yeah. him a shot as interim coach because bring Luciano Emilio with him on the staff. Yeah, <laughs> he can be a, he can be like a, a three minute substitute. He probably could, I think he can still finish according to the team. Yeah, yeah, man. I think we're going to be talking a lot more Loudon, obviously because yep. it's going to be all that there is. We're going to be in a much. I think that we you know we've had conversations with the team to get some some players on here. Ryan will uh, coach friend of the show. I call him Ryan because we're close. Uh, we'll definitely <laughs> be back on to talk about uh, how this team is is, is uh, moving forward. Uh, I hope that there's more NWSL to talk about. I really don't care if there's more DC <laughs> games right now. It's very strange. I, I kind of don't want there to be because I don't want to watch them because I don't. En- I'm not enjoying them right now unless there's big changes happening. I want more spirit games. Because those were really fun. I I enjoy them, and I I guess I want more Loudon games because the stakes are so low there uh, that it doesn't I don't it doesn't feel like it's pulling life force out of me. That's sort of the that's sort of where I'm at right now. Hey, do you, you, hey. Do you feel similarly about that? Do you want more DC United games? Would you be really excited if DC United was playing uh, like <laughs> in, in 30 minutes? I, I want. I feel like them changing and suffering through maybe another potentially bad season might force some change in the club might force some 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 something new might give some opportunity for some guys to grow so i guess that part of me is kind of like accelerationist head yes i'm like you know what let's 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 have this burn collapse and burn like it's thinking like it is i mean i'm gonna have i'm gonna have richmond starting up they played their first game um they looked sloppy they scored multiple goals they scored scored multiple they scored they scored uh not two goals they scored four goals two of which were on their own net which Ah, is own goal own goal is on loan yes goals on loan to richmond the the partnership didn't end um but they look the only he's the only player in the partnership they just keep shoveling in here's the thing they look like so Everyone wants to talk about, you know, so as much as I did not think David Bueller should let go, and I won't I won't I won't step on River City 93's toes. Go check them out if you want some some better Richmond analysis than I can give you. Um, but they have a coach that brought that is 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 not effing it up. He's playing very, very simple style to his players. Something I wish Ben would do instead of trying to Ben make it up a little bit. If we'd looked at least like we were gonna, hey, we're gonna play this direct style, but when we play slow build up, I 
I hate possession. I want to burn. I want to burn possession soccer. I want to burn any sort of any sort of film of Barcelona and Tiki Tacky and and Pep Guardiola's tactics, or I don't know, knock out all the TV sets to Pep Guardiola games because it sends the message that that's the only way you're going to be successful in playing. And I'm like, there's a lot of other ways to win games. You. The kicker scored probably one of the most incredible goals that came from a long stream route one ball from a defender over the top, and they scored on it, and it was incredible, and it was amazing, and it was everything I had hoped for. So that's a good goal. I yes. saw that. Great goal. Great goal. And that's it. Hey, that didn't come from thirteen passes build up. I mean, that's all great, and I'm not saying that's not great soccer, but can we? Why can not we, both can we, things? Why not? Why not? Sometimes played out of the back, and sometimes not. Yeah, let's. Do that. I don't care. I mean, just the idea of just we're going to play to this rigid system that's going to pass, 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 and we look flat and we look imaginative. I, I don't know. I, I want yeah, no, I mean, to it's very down. cool to pass, uh, pass uh, 90 degree angle balls side to side because possession is <laughs> the, the Perry thing. Kitchen special, as they talk about. Yes. It. <laughs> yeah. The, or the Cl- uh, Clyde Sims backwards passes, another with another <laughs> midfield special as well. Uh, uh, so at least we're going side to side and no longer backwards. Yes. Uh, it, I, hate, I hate being pessimistic, but this is, you know, this is where we're at. Yeah, for both of us, I feel like that's that's the case, you know. And, and you know, we've said it enough. Like we have a podcast about this team, principally about this team. Uh, so we're allowed to be mad about it. Yes, <laughs> we love this team enough to waste all of our time and, and passion on it. So like, uh, they are not good right. They're not exciting right now. We don't have large amounts of confidence that they're going to find it quickly. Uh, we don't see a style of play we like. Uh, we don't see a style of play at all, uh, really. Uh, and we don't know where investment is going to come for this team and how they're going to get better and how they can compete against teams in their conference who are building great, very good and great teams on not substantially higher budgets than, than DC United is playing with. So uh, I, I think it's silly to not, it's silly to not be somewhat pessimistic. It's silly to not be asking for more uh, and better vision and, and conversation coming out of the ownership of this club um about what what the standard needs to be how happy are they sort of like charlie bohm's question like how happy are you with the, with the, the mentality and setup of this team right now uh jason levian uh how happy are you with the way this team is playing right now how happy are you about the way this team the direction this team is going in and 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 what's what's your plan what's your plan to get us into the into the top let's be generous top third of the league what's your plan to get us there um, and what's it going to take? How long is it going to take? And, and, and you know, another message to Jason Levian. He when, when this whole stadium was opening up, I think we all remember that this is this was our our claim to fame was was covering this whole story about what happened with the fans, allocated tickets, this you know all that mess we had in 2018. Jason Levian showed up to the stadium, saw some fans out there studying May, and he's like, "What's going on?" And he he to, to his credit. He resolved it very quickly, and off the field, this team is recognizing their history. Even the whole reclaimer rain thing is something that you would not have seen. And it, and you know, you look at the stadium. You look at the stadium now, which unfortunately we'll, we probably won't get to see. I'm hopeful they shift a lot of that stuff over maybe to next season. Um, you know, and it, you know, depending on how what type of games, there's a hall of tradition back. They have they have actually done a lot, in my opinion, to sort of correct a lot of misgivings about sort of off the field on yep. the field is, 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 is still the same as it ever was. And that, that's what I'm saying to you, Jason, listen to us. We want to something that we can feel proud of on the field off the field is now is, is in my opinion, good. I think they've done a lot of good on the field, off the field. Anyone that says otherwise is being disingenuous. I, I think they've done a lot of good to sort of repair um, a lot of broken things, but a, a winning team is going to really show that sh- that you're back and and that you want to reclaim 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 the rain. So, all right, that's going to do it. Uh, we will try to see what we're going to do. Depends a lot their games coming back, um, but we will definitely definitely be back. We will not be going far away. We will be covering DC. We'll be covering the Spirit. We'll be covering Loudon. We will be talking. We will be trying to get guests. We're trying to get, you know, people. I don't know. The, t- the team might cut us out after this podcast. Who knows? <laughs> we, might, we might. We might. We might. The test our, of, our, our, of the of the supporters media the committee thing or whatever. This yes. is the test of that. How 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 uh, how how pissed can we be? Uh, the, the thing we're never going to do is we'll never yell yeah. at the DC United Twitter account. Yes. We we you, you have Please that. <laughs> 
that is the the RFK refugees promise is that we will never yell at people who don't have control. The the, the only Twitter the only Twitter account that's acceptable to yell at was Set Bladder's Twitter account. That was gold for like everybody's just like Set Bladder would post like happy birthday happy birthday Giuseppe Rossi and it would be like bladder out bladder out bladder out it was the funniest thing in the world that is perfectly acceptable and you know head, heads of FIFA's that are corrupt go for it my friends yell away but the DC United Twitter account the people who literally have zero say in coaching and everything guys just leave them alone you, you can you can use the DCU hashtag and post Olsen out to your reign start an Olsen out account come up with like some weird account where you're like getting divorced and your kids yeah, but won't be clever about it. <laughs> be clever about it. Say that you're going to Disney and your your kids were going to ride, but then they got so mad that Ben Olsen is still the coach that they couldn't ride any ride. Like, be, be, be funny. Don't be just funny. yell Olsen out. He's bad. That sucks. I don't, who cares? Yeah, be, be funny about it. Devore out was funny. That was a hilarious. People wondering like how true it was, and like it just became. It was great. It was funny. Be funny about it. Do that to your heart's content. Leave the DC Media people out of this. They are doing um, a a pretty fantastic job. Yep. Um, they, also, they before, are not, they are not at fault uh, for anything that happens on the field. They are they are the least at fault. Uh, but yes. Uh, we what? sorry. We have a couple. I have a couple more things I want to bring up. I know we're closing the show. I think I was yes. starting to close it out. Uh, Jaime Moreno uh, oh, donate yes. to his. Uh, uh, we'll probably put the link somewhere in the description. Yep. Follow DCU. You you probably see the link come up. Um, donate to that. Uh, the, if case you haven't heard, Jaime Randall suffered an eye injury playing golf. Um, so it, he may been, lose his eye. He, lose he his eye. Have a number of other surgeries. He has no insurance. Yes. It's going to get very expensive. Uh, there's a Bar Bravo one. There's a Screaming Eagles one. Give it to whoever. It doesn't matter. Yes. All yes. And um, also read the story, uh, Lindsay Simpson, um, the story about the team. We didn't really, I don't think we really touched on that. I don't know if we really should, I don't know how much we should really get in. How much? Yeah, I, think, I mean, I think the brief, the brief thing here is that uh, they the 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 insurance company has now cut her off of workman's comp as of this fall, I believe. Yes. The officially the 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 insurance company does not work is not directed by DC United, although DC United could have told them that they didn't need to ask for a, a third party evaluation of her injury, which the insurance company did. The insurance company apparently did a Zapruder style looking at the film. And said that it didn't actually hit her in the head; it hit her in the shoulder, and that her injuries are uh, not related to that. I don't think that she's doing a long con where she can't work and uh, stays in her house all the time and can't remember things. And uh, her husband has to remind her who she is and that they're married. I think that would be a weird thing to con for. I don't imagine a whole bunch of money. Uh, I don't. I, I don't. I don't imagine this is like she's going to have a yacht after this. Uh, but uh, read the article. It doesn't. Uh, it's not exactly like a. DC United has a history of their players suing them uh, yeah. over time. There's quite a few of them now at this point. So read the article. Uh, I think, you know, Lindsay's trying to make good light out of it. She's starting a traumatic brain injury uh, nonprofit, I believe. She is donating her brain to science afterwards to see uh, what sort of, you know, what 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 happened and if there's anything that they can tell from it. Uh, but it's, uh, it's, it's very unfortunate. She was, you feel bad, like, you never want that to happen, obviously. A horrible all the time, but for it to happen on the the night that she had been working towards every day and night for years, being at RFK, trying to figure out a way to make RFK uh, interesting and look good on, on, on media, and then the first game that she's out there, she gets hit in the head with a guardrail cover, and is, and that was it. So uh, read, it, read, read the article. hope she uh, continues to make strides and, and get better. Um, it's a, a long road, obviously, and I hope yeah. it's getting better. Yeah, and uh, you know, uh, it's 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 a very tough thing to to talk about, especially with the team and and, and how they're handling it. Really, it's, it becomes almost another another tough thing to really digest. You know, you're watching this team week in and week out. Um, you know, I you wish they would do something. You wish they would acknowledge or maybe tell the insurance company or figure out something they can do um, because it doesn't look good for it doesn't look good on the club. It, it makes the club not, look like not very good. Um, and the article is not centered around that, but it is a part of it, and it's a part of that story, and it it's going to be a part of of DC United, and and this is this has been a a common thing, like you said, with them getting sued for things. I think Fabian Spindola punched somebody, and they Charlie Horton. Yep, uh, Brian Namoff sued this team. Yep, uh, I don't know if Josh Gross did, uh, but it it goes usually goes down to concussions and uh, the way the team managed it. Now Ben Olsen, I said like. 
the, the team has gotten much, much, much better at it. And in fact, keeps players out longer than other teams may. And that's good. Like, yeah. finally, oh, that's, yeah. I, I'm glad to see change in that way. Because it seemed like all of our players, Steve Birnbaum needs to be saved from himself. So for sure, it's good that they're sort of being extra cautious with players. But, uh, you know, I, we can't go too far into it because we don't, we're not, we don't, we're not privy to it. And it's certainly the team didn't really go deep in their comment. They basically just said, this is in our lawyer's hands now. And we hope that she's better. Um, I don't know. It's just read the article. That's all we can say, really. Yeah, absolutely. All right, y'all. Um, we're going to wrap up the show. Thank you all so, so much for listening. We will keep you guys posted on when you're going to come back. Probably a lot of it's going to depend on when DC comes back. We'll probably cover some Loudon, um, some Spirit, uh, whatever comes whatever comes down the boat. But uh, we will catch you guys down the road. Vamos. Vamos.